Welcome to the Cricket's Sidecar, where we go a little further into a story of note with the person who wrote it. Today, we're here with Jen Coles, interior designer and columnist for us. Hi, Jen. Hi, Erica. This week, you wrote a great piece, Time to Sweat the Small Stuff. It was really about, you know, it's funny, a lot of the pieces that I really love about your writing is when you talk about things that are accessible and that are within reach, and you don't need a big monumental moment to mm-hmm. kind of do something that could really kind of freshen things up sure. in, in your in your life, sure. in your home. This is really not about that. This yes. article was about the opposite of that. Yes, this was about a larger disruptive renovation, which I do a lot of because I do a ton of kitchens and baths and um, woodwork and stuff like that. And my point in the article was that people get very tunnel vision of, I just want the kitchen and I just want this one bath. And I like to walk around the home and think of it as a whole Mm. um, because there are all these little things that might be bothering you. Or uh, you get that new kitchen and suddenly the rest of your paint in the rest of the house is looking dated and old and tired. And I think that stuff is important to think about when you think about the success of your project. At the end, you want to feel like this project was successful. Hmm. All the disruption was worth it. Mm -hmm. Look how great it is. And if you're not taking care of some of these little details at the same time, and there's no better time because you have all these experts in your home from your disruptive renovation. If you're not taking care of some of these things, then at the end of the project, you're walking around writing another list, Hmm. creating another, oh, I really ought to, instead of the big exhale, which is what I really want for my clients at the end. I love that moment. I bring them a plant, (laughs) you know, where I take some pictures, that beautiful exhale of, and they're excited. Like that's what I, that's what I work for. Really. It's true. And it's so funny. You say it's sort of like a domino effect where you literally do one thing and it makes everything else by comparison because it's all part of a bigger context. And suddenly you say, oh my gosh, I don't, I'm not, I was really happy with the living room before, but maybe now I'm not as happy. Especially downstairs, upstairs with bedrooms, with doors. It's, uh, that's more stuff you can kind of pluck away at over time. Yeah. Uh, But a lot of people have the open floor plans. Sure. And also there's just pathways. So if you enter, you're going to have the living room maybe on your right and the foyer, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it really does impact the whole house. But it's a tricky business because clients don't like to see uh, a project bloat. And I mm-hmm. totally get it. They want to get, they want this and they want that. And a budget is a budget. Um, and I am very, very respectful of that. Um, I just think it's, it, it, it is worth the conversation. Yeah. What I thought was really interesting about the piece was there really is a line in the sand that people should, people who do things properly understand when am I getting into professional territory? Now, clearly a renovation, which is what you're talking about, is you're on the other side and you really should work with a professional. With your experience, is there usually sort of a trigger or is there something common that happens? Because it's funny, you say kitchens and baths are very, very common. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about people who something changes in their lives, something changes with their home situation. Um, They're empty nesting, their their kids leave or there's a shift. Is it that they want to stay in their home and they want to refresh and they just look to a certain place? It's, um, it's all, it can be all different transitions. So sometimes it's that first-time home buyer and they're fixing up their home and transitioning, transitioning into that for their family, mm-hmm. probably sure. most typically. Um, and you have to make sure that everything is kid-friendly and um, 
there's a lot of life in the house that's going to support that. And then there's other transitions. There are the empty nesters. There's the big push right now for um, aging in place. Mm -hmm. I tend, I think that's a really important piece, the aging in place. And whenever I can incorporate some of those elements, I do even if they don't need it, because I just think it's an asset down the road. There's simple things like 36-inch doors, uh, a room that you create that could be a downstairs master, stuff like that. I just did that for a client, and they're in their 30s. I don't know if they're going to stay in that house forever, but I know that their house will be more marketable if they don't stay in that house. It will be an asset to somebody to know that they have a downstairs master potential, or it could be a family room or, or what have you. So yeah, the transitions, I tend to get pulled in you, with transitions. Something's mm. looking old, dated, sometimes a disaster, you know, flood <laughs> damage, or you know, but that's not very common. It's usually, like you say, it's usually transitions. One thing I thought was interesting in the piece is that you said, and this is so true in business, and, and as soon as you wrote it, I said, of course, is when you do a project, you really do need to understand and be realistic about the budget and really factor in maintenance yes. for something, uh, the maintenance implications for something. And don't just say, oh, I want to buy this and then forget the fact that you have to maintain it over yes. time. Yes, yes, that's very true. But that's something when I'm doing uh, my questions in the beginning, there are high maintenance solu- maintenance solutions and there are low maintenance solutions. And I'm mm. always kind of trying to figure out who's who. If I'm working on a really large home, they kind of have a staff, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. people yeah. that really, um, like a handyman, maybe they use three days a week regularly. Um, and so I can go higher maintenance there because I know there'll be somebody in to touch up the paint. Sure. Or, um, it's different than I just did a condo for um, a client that inherited a condo for a rental unit and that it was all about it had to be stylish but inexpensive and bulletproof Mm. Um, quartz counters tile backsplash just stuff you're not going to have to return to I used um, cabinets that uh, were a dark grayish stain with the wood texture still visible, mm-hmm. which hides a lot more dirt than mm. the painted cabinets do. So they're all kind of decisions along the way after you've listened to your client and hear what, uh, what they really need. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. So it is time to sweat the small stuff. <laughs> so thank you, Jen. Jen Coles, interior designer. Thank you. Thanks, Erica. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sidecar. To hear more Cape Ann stories like these, subscribe to the Sidecar podcast from thecricket.com on your favorite podcasting platform.